Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 3rd of August. Back to normal today with our podcast after a couple of days of disruptions. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any other thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to, you can always pause the slides here, read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast Wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours, whether you're on a tram, train, or in the car, or even out there walking the dog in the park, you can head on over to marcustoday.com.au at your convenience. Read the disclaimer there, and of course, if you're not yet a member of our wonderful community, you can sign up for a free trial on the website. And of course, lots of other goodies there as well for members, as you will already know. All right, well, we had a little bit of a sloppy night in the U.S. markets. Uh, Once again, we saw Fed heads out and about talking about the Fed pivot, which doesn't seem to be quite such a pivot after all. Uh, The Dow Jones closing down 402 points, or 1.23%, 32,396. But before you all despair and run heading to the sell buttons, uh, the Dow was very much skewed to the Caterpillar result. Uh, The Dow, of course, is only 30 stocks, very skewed to Caterpillar, which was down 5.8%. Less nasty and more wishy-washy was the Nasdaq down 0.16 of a percent, 20 points, 12,349. And the S&P 500 in the middle for diddle, as usual, 4,091 down 27 points, 0.67 percent. Our SPY futures showing down 11 points or 0.16 percent. So nothing very exciting there. The VIX index up 1 point to 24, 4.77 percent. So a little bit of a rise in risk happening at the moment, a little bit of uh, hedging being taken out by some players. But the Dow very much skewed towards those Caterpillar results. We have had a slew of US results coming out as well, including PayPal and uh, Airbnb as well as a bunch of other big names. So there's some movement at the station for the word definitely has been passed around. In commodities, though, we saw the Brent crude price up half a percent, 51 cents to $100.54, just perking up a smidge. WTI up 53 cents to 94.42, up 0.56%. Gold in US dollar terms was up 2 bucks, 0.11%. 1789.7. The iron ore price pretty much unchanged. 114.74 down 12 cents. The Aussie dollar down at 69.21. So that's going to be slightly better for our commodity stocks. But in general terms, commodities last night we had copper unchanged. Nickel had a big fall, but then it did have a big rise in the last few days. Back uh, down 4.7 percent. Aluminium down 0.9. Zinc down 0.5. Lead down 0.3. Ton down 2.5%. And as a result of all this, we did see BHP in US ADR terms down 2.2%, Rio down 1.6%. But remember, they were down a bit yesterday as well. Freeport McMoran down 2.2%. Alcoa pretty much unchanged. Tech down 4.3%. That has been quite volatile recently. Anglo-American down 1.5%. Glencore down 2.7%. Vale up 1.8%. And Arbomile up 1.6% percent 
in the US. Here you can see the S&P 500. A little bit more volume starting to creep in as we near the end of the US summer. Traders and investors coming back from the Hamptons, no doubt, but uh, certainly not such a great start to August so far, but we were seeing uh, a lot of results coming out after hours. In normal time, though, we did see Apple down 0.9%, Meta up 0.2%, Google up 0.2%, Microsoft down 1.1%, Amazon down 0.9%, Tesla up 1.1%, Twitter up 0.2%, US banks, though, under pressure. And we did see yesterday uh, on the back of talk from a couple of Fed heads, uh, San Francisco's uh, Mary Daly especially, that uh, the US pivot from the Fed doesn't seem to be. The lady is not for turning in terms of fighting inflation. And uh, despite the market thinking that the Fed under Powell had gone a little bit soft on interest rate rises, it looks like that softness is merely an illusion, something the market is hoping for rather than the actuality of that. As a result, we did see the banks fall. JP Morgan down 1.6, Citigroup down 2.3, Goldman down 1.3, Block up 1.7%, rest of the US banks around 1.5 to 2% easier. 10 year yields in the US pushing back up again. So uh, that was the reason we did see that sell off in the US banks and those comments from Fed heads, which we'll get to in a minute. As far as the major stories, the San Francisco's Fed's Mary Daly says the Fed nowhere near finished fighting inflation was her quote. And that certainly did set the cat amongst the proverbial pigeons. Uber technology soared the most since 2020. Up 19% in trade gross bookings, which encompass ride hailing, food delivery and freight, were up 33% to an all-time high of 29.1 billion US dollars. And Robin Hood Markets once the darling, once the uh, the major force in the market, has now cut almost a quarter of its workforce in a broad reorganisation. And BP, amongst other oil companies, have reported a staggering amount of money, its highest profit number in 14 years. 8.5 billion US dollars for the second quarter on Tuesday. No wonder these guys are not going to be pumping too much oil out or as little as they can, because prices are so elevated and they're making an absolute mozza at the moment. Alibaba and Tencent face at the end of an era. That could be the delisting from the US. And US regulators move forward on cutting bond reporting time. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi has landed in Taiwan and Chinese warplanes in the air there. Lots of saber-rattling going on, but at the moment we haven't seen a massive escalation and we certainly didn't see some of the fears the market had priced in was that uh, Nancy Pelosi's plane would actually be escorted out of Taiwan airspace. Bearing in mind, of course, that China recognises Taiwan as part of China and the US has this ambiguous policy on Taiwan. It kind of recognises it, but then again, it doesn't. It's a bit like a Facebook friend that you see in the street. You Sometimes you want to see them. Sometimes you just walk on by and pretend they don't exist. RBA has tipped to moderate frantic rate rises. In the local market today, what to expect? Well, we are seeing the index down 11 points. It was a bit of a wishy-washy kind of day yesterday as we awaited the RBA, which moved rates as very much expected, those 50 basis points. But there was a slight tenor in the RBA chief, Phil Lowe's, voice in terms of maybe uh, they won't need to be quite so aggressive. Don't forget that a lot of the numbers the RBA sees 
are backward looking rather than forward looking but certainly oil prices coming off is helping inflation and the fact that we haven't had a major disaster for, for at least two weeks although apparently there is more rain on the way and it's certainly getting windy in places in Australia at the moment. Perth Airport had to be closed last night for a technical glitch and I believe there's trees down in Melbourne. So all is not uh, always that great in the uh, supply chain story, especially if we get more floods uh, in New South Wales and the East Coast along that uh, would disrupt crop supply, etc. But SPY only down 11 points. I suspect we might see a little bit of weakness in the banks. All eyes on the bond market, of course. We are seeing US 10 years, 2.75%. Australia below 3, 2.97%. So there is a feeling that we are over the hump in terms of those rates that uh, now at um, 1.85%. Germany back down to 0.81%. European markets pretty much stuck in the summer doldrums. It's August. The French go on holiday and most of Europe is probably stunning themselves in Barcelona as opposed to looking at screens. So that bear that in mind. But we are seeing very elevated electricity prices hitting record highs across Europe. A German power for next year advanced as much as 5.4% to a record $595 per megawatt hour. Some of the US results, though, PayPal was up 12% after hours on its result and also a good buyback there as well. In local news, uh, ARU, Arafura, is looking to raise $50 million uh, through Bell Potter. And AJZ, Horizon, after their takeover of one rail, is looking to sell its East Coast rail asset. And KKR, interesting. Of course, KKR had put a bid on the table, well, very unconditional, well, very conditional rather, non-binding, back of the envelope number for Ramsey Healthcare of 88 bucks. But since they did that, um, the stock has been languishing at $70, $71. Clearly, the market doesn't expect that deal to go through. Ramsey has had issues with their European business in terms of getting due diligence and working out whether they want to keep it, sell it, or whether KKR wants to keep it or sell it. One of the jewels in the Ramsey crown for KKR is the property portfolio. And there has been talk in the market for some months that a big player would take the property portfolio alone and then lease the facilities back to whoever wins the Ramsey bid if there is a bid from KKR and they would run the hospitals and pay a rent so it becomes a a property trust a bit like Bunnings does with BWP and uh, KKR taking that property portfolio and farming it out to somebody else but the conditions for Ramsey's experiencing looks as if they might be improving slightly in terms of their whole business strategy and as a result of this there are some in the market that suspect that KKR not only will come back, but maybe will have to raise the bid. But at the moment, the market's certainly discounting that with the stock price languishing. But we shall see how that one pans out. Question of the day today. My short-term target was 7,000. We hit there. We are there. Have we seen a short-term top is the question of the day. Certainly have seen a short-term bottom at 6430-odd back in June the 20th. But have we seen a short-term top? Certainly August in Australia has started in a more tepid fashion. So has August in the US as we are seeing more Fed chiefs from around the country starting to weigh in again. Of course, uh, something I talk about in my Henry's take today is the, uh, the fact that the Fed chiefs have to shut up 
uh, for a period before the FOMC meeting. So we don't get that noise, we don't get that distractions, we don't get every Fed chief in the world trying to get on CNBC with quote of the day. Uh, now, of course, it's game on, and we've got a bunch of those guys talking at various points this week. So have we seen a short-term top in the market? U.S. reporting season coming to a bit of an end as we enter our own. And that, of course, is landmine territory, the minefield of reporting season. But for those of you that follow small caps and resource stocks, of course, you will know that July is the landmine season because that's when the quarterlies come out. And the results in August for some of these following the quarterlies are just really uh, a verification of what we've already seen. So not quite so much risk in some of those stocks as there are in some of the bigger ones. Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Markets Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas and insights over there. Of course, we do have the Marcus Strategy podcast in the newsletter every day. That is now behind a paywall. So that is only members are allowed to access all areas in terms of the Marcus Strategy podcast. There is the On The Desk podcast with the team in Melbourne talking about all things financial. And there's my On The Couch podcast, which I have to apologise. I've been a little slack in the last couple of weeks organising some guests, so I will get on to that. But the last one we did was uh, Marcus usurping my couch, taking over the couch and talking to Peter Howard from Poseidon Nickel about the prospects there and for... Uh, some of its rivals as well. So certainly a good listen there. But that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day.